Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 165 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. We have a new look for this show, and it starts off with a piece of paper in my hands here. We're trying a different approach. So I wanted to start off by thanking everyone for the support last week um, because something came up with my grandmother. Also, Carrick was having eye issues. Everyone was incredibly understanding and supportive with both of us there. So I just want to say a quick shout out to all of our listeners out there every week who uh, managed to live a week without our lovely show. So big thank you to you guys. Um, Next week, I will be at QuakeCon 2018. So... I'm sure if we can try to squeeze in the podcast, you know, it's not like a, it's a really chill convention, so it's not like I'm going to be strung up on time. But for those of you who are expecting the show next week, um, that's definitely one that Carrick and I will decide as we go along. Um, so the reason we're doing this, this list thing here I got is for a little more organization. Um, it's also I'm trying to bring like a, a different feel to the show because I revamped our guest list. Um Carrick is always good at getting us guests, but I revamped the whole list that we had, kind of blew it up for myself, and I felt like that's always been one of our strengths, um, and it's something that I kind of wanted to return to, like with big launches, get a big voice actor on, um, when we're trying to cover a game, get a, a YouTube specialist on, just trying to get the big guests that we've always been pretty well known for. Um, we kind of fell off that path, and so like I said, this is just to kind of keep things organized, put it in writing for myself, and, and kind of keep the goals going, so... That's a little bit of a change. Um, One other announcement before we really do continue onwards is that we are looking for artists for new overlays because I was looking at our show and, you know, we always have the overlay with the four blocks because originally we had three hosts and now we have two. And I noticed that sometimes I got to fill up those two blocks with just random pictures of stuff we're talking about or or I use them for memes of, of shit that happens during the show. And I realized it would just be better if we had three separate overlays. One for when it's Carrick and I, one for when it's Carrick, I, and a guest, and one for when we have two guests, which is this one right here. So we're going to stick with that one. But if you're an artist out there, we will pay you. All right. But I am looking for a new overlay. So I'd appreciate if anyone was interested, just reach out to me on Twitter at G27Status or Carrick, because Carrick will just ping it to me and we'll talk. Um, I'd appreciate if someone like, if you were a artist that you provided like an example of your work alongside the overlay. Um, but yeah, let's get talking, and hopefully some of you guys out there who are very talented can help out the show. Last but not least, you flick a buck at patreon.com slash plays, and you are a part of the show. You'll see exactly how that's changing uh, in this coming episode. We're trying to become more inclusive with the patrons like we always have been, but in new ways. Um, so what we're doing is gathering questions, incorporating them into the news we're covering, and um, now... For upcoming content, Carrick, what are you working on this week that you want people to check out your channel for? Uh, Monster Hunter World PC reviews next week. We Happy Few review next week. And Mm -hmm. Phantom Doctrine, which is like an XCOM-style title based in the Cold War with spies and shit. And that's also next week. Everything's next week. Wow. Yeah, everything's pretty much next week for me. Yeah, busy week for you. For me, upcoming content that I would like you guys to keep your eyes out for as well is uh, the We Happy Few review. And obviously, I'll be... I'll say on the ground at QuakeCon, so keep your eyes peeled over next weekend because um, I'll be trying to get as much exclusive coverage while I'm out there with my buddies, and I hope you guys are looking forward to that. Now, let's get into the news, starting off with Spider-Man PS4. I think it headlined last week, and uh, here we are again. Why not, right? So Spider-Man on PS4 is receiving amazing first impressions. I grabbed a couple of blurbs from various websites. Polygon says MJ, Mary Jane, is one of the uh, best parts of the game as it's a fresh break away from the standard Spider-Man gameplay that we've seen and that we've known of for so many games. Game Informer says, be very excited. Telegraph claims that the swinging is sensational. And IGN, the only one who I thought pointed out some, uh, some negatives, was actually saying that they feel the game could risk getting repetitive with what they had played if it does not get varied up enough, which is something that Spider-Man games have been plagued with for years. And we don't really look at Insomniac as the type to 
dull into repetition. But we'll get into all of that in a little bit. So when you saw these first impressions, were you surprised? Uh, well, no, but that's also because I think that they always do positive first impressions. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a lot of times it's hard because it just, just it's always positive, positive, positive. So it was cool to see, I mean, even IGN pointing out that, you know, watch out for something that's recycled and, that, right. you know, constant repetitiveness. But no, I mean, overall... It, it certainly looks to me like everything they're doing is sort of doing it right. Especially like the swinging's a big deal. It sounds like they've nailed that. It sounds I, it, if you just even seeing the E3, there's times when you see a game and you know it's a little jank, mm-hmm. and you're okay with that, or you know it's a little cumbersome. An open world game with a guy who can go vertical and horizontal super fast is actually quite hard to pull off. We've seen it in a couple games. Prototype was one that sometimes pulled it off, sometimes didn't. Um, what's the Second Son? Second Son pulled it off sometimes. But, yeah, going through the pipe as the mist. Yeah, and... yeah. And overall, though, what I've seen of Spider-Man looks like it equals those previews. Normally, I wouldn't say that, but at least from what I've seen, um, that it definitely looks to be that good. Like, those aren't that surprising to me when, mm-hmm. it, when it comes down to the true meat of it. Oh, absolutely. I, I wasn't surprised either. Um, what really did catch my interest, not as someone who is trying to be negative, but more so because it was this swarm of positivity that IGN, they did come out and they were also very positive. But like I said, they were the only ones that tackled what was and still is one of my concerns with the game. Not a huge concern, but I noticed when watching the Spider-Man PS4 gameplay from this past E3, you're running around, you're collecting backpacks, you're getting these tokens, you're unlocking new stuff, and then you're going to these horde mode kind of areas and taking out gangs. Right. While that's fun, they even said during the three-hour impression period they had that it was starting to wear thin on them. And they expect the game, expect, not that it will, but expect it to change a little bit over time. They add more stuff. And I imagine they do, too, because I, I can't imagine that is just the whole game with how long this thing has been worked on for. But what could they add, right? They have the horde modes. They have the standard challenges. It, in many ways, this is game, a game that... You know, I am so excited for it because it does so many things right. But in a way, right. I'm worried because it shares some of those blatant issues that Spider-Man games have had in the past. Also, I think we should probably not expect Insomniac to suddenly break the mold and magically make a game that's completely different than all others. There's going to mm-hmm. be some repetition in it. So I don't hold them aloft and go, if you guys don't meet this perfectly, I'm going to fucking hate your game. Mm-hmm. I think I think overall, as long as they make even re- even a repetitive gameplay loop is totally fine as long as they make it fun. True. Just sort of put some changes in there. Um, from what I saw and what I'll say, I'll say this. If, if you're playing for three hours and it's starting to be repetitive, to me that indicates that either they held back some upgrades, you know, like for those preview moments yeah or it's going to be one of those games where you know maybe those upgrades are just long yeah it takes a long time to get there and it it all depends on what you're doing like i I heard one person talking about landing and helping a car there was a car wreck they were helping the people in the car wreck because it was like a a random thing that occurred it was like almost procedurally generated event where there was a car wreck you had to save a person out of the exploding car I thought that was cool, but then in the same conversation, they said, "And the next car wreck I hit was th- was slightly different." I was like, "Wait a minute, or I hope it's not where you you know you get those mm. things where they're slightly adjusted, where it's like the same thing but just slightly tweaked." To yeah. me, it, it's all going to be up to, um, it, it's all going to be up to making it feel like it. I don't want it to be repetitive, 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 but I i mean, I don't mind taking a while to get to some skill, but it, it did worry me a little bit because I did hear that in a completely separate uh, video that I don't think you, I don't know if you watched, but I was watching Doesn't, Easy Allies. No, no I, didn't, yeah. I didn't watch their and, coverage. And they were doing a long, like two hour podcast about it. And it was funny because they didn't find it repetitive, but what they described sounds, I, it sounded like, I was like, mm, that's, I, I just don't know because you don't see it in totality. So I guess right. that's the big thing too. I yeah. don't know about you. I did. I wanted to mention one thing. Did you have a prop? Did you? So I contacted Sony after E3. I was like, "Hey man, I'd like to see Spider-Man." And they're all, 
nobody's seen Spider-Man. <laughs> We're not yeah. showing it to anybody. And then the very next day, they're like, here's a bunch of previews about Spider-Man. I was all, oh, fuck. I hope they don't do what they've done in the past, dude. Where they're going it's like, to. Well, I, <laughs> I going have to. a sinking feeling they will. Get, I, God of War I got lucky with, but I have a sinking feeling we're going to be in the same boat. Yeah, I, I have a feeling too, because I remember I reached out to them like saying, hey, I'm, I'm interested in coverage. I just, you know, mm-hmm. appreciate you adding me to the list. If something's going on, I'd love to be a part of it. You know, not that's pretty much what you got to do as a content creator. Yep. Invite yourself in, kind of open the door a little bit, let them know. I'll make content for this game because I'm interested. And they were like, yeah, absolutely. Add it to the list, yada, yada, yada. And then a bunch of press events happen. I'm like, all right, I mean... Whatever. Yeah, and I was pretty much, I've said this before, but lied to. I mean, yeah. they, it's happened a couple times with Sony where they're like, no, nothing's happening. And, and you're, you get the idea. The God that, of oh, War probably, one's the best. The God of War yeah, one's like the best yeah, story the, this year. God of War one was like, I was just all, and I get that they can't tell, you, you know, you everything, but it would be cool to see some people who were different getting to try these because mm-hmm. it is the same all the time. And that sometimes i know that like certain people who are looking at a game aren't going to notice the things that i'm looking for because i'll be looking for something different right and a ubisoft or something like that they're very open to that mm-hmm. you know like watchdogs too they were like everybody come make your video but also talk about it and they let there was a bigger gathering of people that sort of got to see these things and and even if they said hey not don't do negative but even if they said listen this is not done can you please make sure if you did have a problem, you tell people? I would have loved more people, I guess, a, a, a wider group of people to have looked at it. Because right now it seems like it's an echo chamber. It's the same five people who continually look at it. Yes, that's the thing. I, I, I've been concerned about that. I think part of it is because they have this good thing. It's continuously yep. going on. And as a company, they're like, why bring doubt to what is absolutely going to sell sure millions that, and yeah. millions? Um, it's also gone gold. So... I feel like they're not looking for the feedback to change it. They're like, this is the game. Let's bring in the guys who are going to, I put this in quotes, affirm what we believe in. So that the, right. you know, the studio's got that feel good going into launch because launching a game, you've heard developers say it before, it's terrifying. So yeah. I feel like uh, you know, it, it's just to reinforce what, what people already believe or want to believe and uh, nothing more. But we have questions. Bearded Panda asks over on our Patreon Discord, do you think there are too many villains in the newest Spidey Boy game? You have the Sinister Six, Kingpin, Norman Osborn, Mr. Negative, etc. Do you think it will feel too crammed or rushed with so many villains in this game? No. No. No, I think that's exactly the problem I had with Batman later on. Because mm-hmm. Batman didn't have enough. And it was a henchman after henchman after henchman. I'm sure they're going to have henchmen in this. They've already shown them. But the idea of having all these different guys with... I mean, that's what I want. Comic books are so fucking... We just had Brian um, Edward Hill, who is the, um, the, the writer for Detective Comics right now. We had him on the podcast yes. this week. And when he came... Or a couple weeks ago. When he came on, he was saying the same thing. He's like, listen, there's fucking thousands of comic book characters. And there's characters that people don't see. There's reboots that have happened and happening again and all this stuff of these characters that don't get into a game. Let fucking Spider-Man meet them. You know, see if you can get drum up uh, interest in these other side characters as villains. I, mm-hmm. For me, I want more. I don't want less. I don't want more. I, I Like, to their superpowers or their weird powers, that to me is what makes me want to attack them, makes me want to go against them, their their beliefs, their morals, what have you. Yeah, because there's a couple of reasons I, I think no as well. It, number one, it's you have so many gadgets. You have so much to play with in this game. True. The yeah. more enemies you throw at him, the more archetypes, the more creative you can get with those powers. That's how I view it. You know, it yeah. lets the player build their own style um, around what's coming at them. Furthermore, I, I share that sentiment. I think, yes, the Arkham games needed those additional villains. I think City struck the best balance for its world yeah. size, its content package, and those surprise villains that didn't need to be in the main story. On top of that, what got me into comics, I still say it to this day, was Spider-Man Homecoming. It didn't really tell... You know what? It was. I think it was because they had the main villain as the Vulture, which, awesome villain, Hot. but you, you yeah. never think of it as like the main guy, and they made him right. compelling. And I'm like, that is yep. something you hear about in comics. And I was like, I want to go read comics. The same thing can be done here, and it can feed off each other, where you can see a villain 
that maybe doesn't get as much much attention, like a Silver Sable um, being put into this game, and now people know who she is. Then you start putting her in movies or featuring her in more comics, stuff yeah. along those lines. It, it's working kind of how the PS4 Spider-Man has got that white spider symbol on his chest. Um, they wanted to put him in some comics with that costume on, and it's like his own unique thing, and it's becoming a recognizable brand. Like, oh, this is the Insomniac Spider versus yeah. whoever else. So I think the more villains, the better, because you just have more to work with, more to play around with. A lot well, of these games... how the game... Oh, I'm, I apologize. Oh, no, you're fine. I was just, I was just saying, uh, the, more, the more the better. The more the fan service... That's what these games really are, ultimately. I'm looking for a good story, great gameplay, but there's just fan service, and that's what gets people over-the-top giddy. Sorry, you can yeah. go on. No, that's all right. I was just going to add that also the repetitiveness, if, let's say, there's a new villain more often than there were in the other games, that repetitiveness would be fine with me because you'd be facing off new villains, and I'm assuming, imagine going up against a villain... I don't know who this would be, but you, you use your fucking normal webbing you've taken down five other villains with, and he shirks it off. You know, he, he just defeats your gadgets. And to me, mm-hmm. the idea of Spider-Man continually having to think on his feet, which is what he's known for. If you watch any of the movies or read the comics, there's always an enemy that has some... He just sort of is impervious to what he's been using, so he has to switch and think outside the box. It's not a Superman kind of character where it's more power. To me... If you're facing all these different enemies and some, you know, what if you need a different suit? You know, yeah. or, you know, I like to me that is kind of like Mega Man, different suit, kind of like Mega gadgets. Man. Yeah. I, and the I'd idea like of somebody shirking it off, like if I'm kicking ass and I go in there and I'm like, Ka-ka! and he's all, Bruh! and he mm. just kicks off the webbing, I'm like, fuck, I gotta, I can't use this one particular trap move, you know, to stick him to the ground. He's going to be mobile all the time, so now I have to run around and, and use the environment or what have you. Mm-hmm. I'm all for that. All for it. Yeah, no, that's that's something I can get on board with as well. And um, actually, Tanner asks a question that we could filter into our next part of the discussion. He asks, Will Marvel ever try to expand the MCU into a line over more skillfully crafted games? So... Pretty much what he's asking is, instead of these sporadic Marvel games that we're seeing where they're picking a studio, they're picking a, a hero, like we're seeing Square and the Avengers. We're seeing Spider-Man and Insomniac. While they have the chance to be all amazing games, they're, they're not really in this one timeline. So, do you think that they should try to expand into something that brings them all online, or should they keep doing these kind of, we'll call them one-offs? Personally, I'd rather have the one-offs. But I that's agree. Just be- that's just because, like, the, the, the movies, there is no Marvel movie that exists without telling you there's another Marvel movie coming. Mm-hmm. It's all conjoined, and nothing can occur that's separate because there's this giant dogmatic belief that this has to matter in this movie, this has to matter in this movie, this has to matter in this thing. So to me, the idea of just saying, you know what? Go out there, create yourself a 2D fucking Wolverine game. And somebody's like, well, I want to do a first-person shooter. All right, do a Punisher game. And they just keep... All these companies just keep doing yeah. what they want. It and, just and what lights their freedom. fire. Yeah, dude, and I don't want... Do you know what it's going to be? If it was that, it would be an open-world game. It wouldn't be any of the others. Just, we already know that if they did do that, it would not be a first-person shooter-style game, obviously. It wouldn't be a 2D fighter. They would want to capitalize on these heroes, and it mm-hmm. would be a very atypical open-world game. So to me, the idea of leaving it open, let them do some stuff. It's just like Batman Telltale, one of my favorite Batman games. I would have never thought a Telltale game would cover Batman. So I'm all for Marvel, DC, the smaller comic book companies not making everything in one contained game. Yeah, I think the MCU, it's great for what it is, absolutely. But I agree entirely that just just give us the one-offs because I want to emphasize again, it's that creative freedom. When you can yeah. do, it's not like you said, hey, I want to make a first-person game. It's like, well, Sony, for example, every game they do in their first-party lineup is third-person, open-world, right. action-adventure. Right. Not right. that it's a bad thing. Horizon's phenomenal. God of War's phenomenal. The list goes on. Bloodborne. But they all have a similar DNA, a similar, I wouldn't say feel, but just... You look at it and you know, all right, Sony, first-party exclusive. You just know it. 
And, and what if you're not into third-person fucking adventure exactly. games? Exactly. Action-adventure games. Exactly, man. And that experimentation can breed bigger audiences than I think these companies are aware of, especially if you're working with superheroes and villains. They're, yeah. they're so popular, more popular than I think they've ever been now because of stuff like the MCU. So take a chance somewhere. Make a Punisher first-person shooter. People go, the Punisher, Netflix series is pretty good. I love the Daredevil yeah. season two. Awesome. Give me the Punisher game. Like, that audience instantly comes in, especially when it's a first-person shooter. It's accessible now, you know? So yeah. stuff like that can feed off each other. I don't think that putting it in line it w- would help them at all. I, I wouldn't like that whatsoever. I think the only thing is if something caught on, Maddie. Some like if if they did do one of those titles and it mm-hmm. just exploded, then I could see them saying a sequel or something like that. Well, but yeah. overall, yeah, I, I think yeah, we can already together. safely say Spider-Man Two will be a, a thing. Eventually. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a PS Five release, or like day and date or something. Imagine you that. Can just sort of, yeah, you can just sort of smell it. That's you know, speaking of that. Like when I listen to some of these podcasts and they start talking about like companies and, and what cycle they're at and, and some of the launch titles that can come out from some of these studios it's yeah. it's exciting man like we, we could probably see like another kill zone game maybe with uh with uh, the ps5 launching which or maybe horizon 2 just based off how much they added to that studio um girly games and and so on like that that type of stuff excites me i yep. think that next yep, gen could be fucking awesome Anyway, thank you, uh, Bearded Panda and Hannah Francis, for your wonderful questions. Carrick, is there anything you wanted to add on about Spider-Man PS4 before we move forward? No, I mean, it's it's probably the highest, or one of the highest, like, games I'm looking forward to, I would say. Same, same. Most anticipated game this fall for me. Made a video yeah. about it. Anyway, next news piece is Capcom is looking into more remakes after Resident Evil 2. So, for those who have been living under a rock, yes, Capcom is remaking RE2. It looks fucking phenomenal. And uh, that's not coming That's coming from someone who's not like a... I love Resident Evil 5. Um, 7 as well, but like I'm not a old school RE fan. Right. Anyway, the following information comes from Game Informer by Imran Khan. Capcom's most recent financial report was fairly muted with the company in kind of a transitional state between major titles, but their recent investor conference did yield some interesting questions. One question about Resident Evil 2, which Capcom expects to surpass a million copies. Wow, that sounds reasonable. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah, what are they saying? I don't, know how to, I don't know how to handle them figuring out numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and we can't rip on them anymore. And whether the developer plans to create further remakes in the same vein. Further, Capcom answered, regarding remakes and re-releases of titles in our back catalog, we expect to explore these further with a variety of properties as part of our strategy to utilize our library of IP. How do you feel about Capcom making more games from the past, bringing them here? And, uh, Carrick, what would you want to see from Capcom? I would want to see a remake of, uh, or a remastered version of Code Veronica, but that's because it's one of my favorite Resident Evil games ever made. Um, but, you know, I saw somebody in your Discord talk about Dino Crisis, which yep. I think would be fun. With today's graphics, you could do some pretty insane stuff. I'm not a big Capcom, I don't know what the term would be. Not, I, I don't want to say fanboy because that's got a negative connotation, but I'm not, I'm not a big, uh, you, you know, like, oh, every game Capcom is going to release, I'm going to buy. I would like to see them redo Dead Rising 1 as well. Um, mm. It's not super old, but I think with the technology that we have now, technology that we're going to get in the next cycle, I would love to see them sort of maybe fix the control a little bit. There were some issues there. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a side Capcom fan where I like, like there's one or two games I, di- I dive into their library for and, and yeah. others I'm not so into. Dino right. Crisis being one of them. Okay. Yeah, for me, the second they said we're looking into more remakes, first game I thought of was Mega Man X Command Mission. Mm-hmm. I grew up playing three Mega Man games. Um, and I know I got some weird opinions on Mega Man for sure. Uh, I love X8, so the X Legacy Collection 2, right up my alley, because that's got an X8 remake, and I've been fucking enjoying that. That game is it, its just a power fantasy. It's not like the hard Mega Man. 
It's just they give you some sick upgrades, some sick weapons, and you just have a blast in these levels. And there's some solid platforming. I, I like that game a lot, but I know it's not for everybody, especially those who are looking for like the gritty experience. Um, but the first game I thought of was X Command Mission because it's a Mega Man RPG, one of my favorite RPGs growing up as a kid. It had like a cheesy story, but still a, a kind of good one. Um, at least to this day, you know, I, I still enjoy going back to it. I'd love to see them do that on the PS2 to PS4 program that Sony's got, where it's like a $15 or less section of games, pretty much, that just get touched up. You know, they get them 1080p widescreen. I don't expect them to do a full remake, but Mega Man seems to be making a return. And I think the success or failure of Eleven this fall will kind of determine if they go back to that game, because they've remastered all of the Legacy Collection, then they did all of the X Legacy Collection. So... Really, there's not much left, from what I can think of, to go back to with Mega Man, other than uh, also uh, Battle Network on the DS, which, oh my gosh, those are another set of games that I loved. Um, just a really underrated series. That's, Mega Man's had some fucking phenomenal spinoffs that I, I praise so much. So I do hope those are the ones that get some looks. Now, we talked about Resident Evil a little bit, and Dan from our Patreon Discord asks... As a huge fan of all the RE games, I wonder, what is your favorite control scheme from the series? New, over the shoulder, or an old school tank? New. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I'm so about that. I don't mind over the shoulder, though. Like, Resident Evil 5 is hands down my favorite just because of its co-op experience, but I liked the stable shooting, but yet it was still a little bit like RE4, you know? So I I, I like that. I I wouldn't complain if they went back to something like that. Yeah, I don't think the older ones, I mean, were really done that way on purpose anyway. So I, mm-hmm. I, hopefully they wouldn't say, oh, let's go back to the shit tank controls. So to me, like, I, it would be, I mean, five, I, yeah, five five was good. What was six? Six was apparently like a travesty. You know, it was just like an action-heavy game. Um, you could, like, dive roll. It had ridiculous melee combat. Um, I don't even remember this game. You, you, there was, like, a- ammo was not something you had to worry about uh, con- uh, on compared to Resident Evil 7, where, like, having nine bullets was a, a God's greatest gift in that game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was... Six, six was hated by a lot of people. Oh, okay. I remember six, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, it would be five or seven, but I, I really did like the control in this last one, so mm-hmm. I'm sort of jaded in that way. Yeah, the only thing that's funky about this new control scheme is you're in first person, and like you're getting chased around by, I think his name was Jack, um, in the beginning of the game, the guy with like... Kool-Aid the, Man? Yeah, and, and, and... The guy busts through the wall, yeah. He would be power walking at you, and you're like pressing the sprint button, you're, you're slow-mo jogging, and that was the yeah. only thing that was very disorienting about this new control scheme. And I understand why they did it, so I'm not really complaining. It's just I don't think there's a perfect way to do that mix of tension, anxiety, horror without slowing down the player a little bit, not making him the most athletic character ever like they did right. in Resident Evil 6 where you were backflipping off of people, doing tag team moves and shit. It, in a weird way, Resident Evil 6 was kind of cool, but if you're like an RE fan, like die hard, you're, that game's disgusting. It's, oh. it's Yeah, it's awful. It reminds me, when you were discuss- discussing that, it reminds me of the overtop, like, Dead Rising. Over the top, you know, zombie kills and all that kind of stuff. I don't remember anything about Six. I mean, anything. Six was, like, a, sh- a straight third-person shooter. Like, you could, when you aimed in, you could move while shooting, which people hated. Like I said, you could dive crazy amounts. The mm-hmm. the melee moves were out of this world. They were satisfying, but they were, they were something crazy. Um, yeah, it just... It, it was not a good Resident Evil game. Yeah, it was gotcha. just like a third-person shooter, and that's why they go back to the the drawing board with 7, and you see such a huge difference with that. I, I think if someone had played Resident Evil 7 for the first time as their like first-ever Resident Evil game, and then I showed them gameplay of 6, I don't even think they'd know it's from the same series. Yeah, me neither. No chance of that. And now, another question from Ross Cuth from our Patreon Discord, who says... Do you think we can finally see the return of Dino Crisis? Because it's by the same developers as those who worked on the Resident Evil series. Carrick, I have not played Dino Crisis, but it sounds like you have. So, yeah, yeah, Dino Crisis is pretty good. I mean, 
I, I would assume Dino Crisis is probably actually in line. As I, I just assuming, really? yeah. I, I mean, just looking at like sales numbers, and it's considered sort of like a classic. It's dinosaurs, which, I mean, not to be rude, but like if you put dinosaurs in a game, there's a good chance people are going to want to at Jurassic least look Park at Evolution. It. Five million yeah, it's sales. Like, it's like ninjas or dinosaurs. Once you or pirates, but even though Sea of Thieves, but there's like, those <laughs> three Thieves things. Did well. <laughs> It did, not for me, but it did well. So yeah. I, I think overall that Dino Crisis seems like actually a pretty high chance of occurring just when you look at everything. So what is this game? Is it Re- Resident Evil with dinosaurs? So I mean, that like really survival. It really stuff? is that. Yeah, it really is, and it's old style Resident Evil style oh. or old style survival. So it's like a lot of resource management and fixed camera. Um, oh man. Yeah, no. Fuck, yes. Wait, because there were two or three. Man, is that fixed camera? Yeah, it is fixed camera. Oh, At wow. least one of them was. Yeah. I mean, it and sounds I, I, cool. If they remade it, I would not expect fixed cameras. I don't think no. most companies are going to do a fixed camera anymore. No, no chance. Like, it's just too restrictive. Yeah, yeah. They'll want the camera moment where they pan and tilt and they take control. But other than mm-hmm. that, I don't, I don't see most people wanting to go with a with a, such a restrictive, like, overall way of right. displaying data. I mean, yeah. even, did you do A, a Way Out, yes. the prison break game? Did you notice, like, I'm sure you did, but you know how the cut scenes in A Way Out, where, mm-hmm. like, or, or, or that, like you were running and the entire world rotated, and yeah. now you were, like, doing a different thing? That kind of stuff, I, I think, is just taken over the mindset, and people just don't want to go back to the tanky, you know, up is left when you enter a doorway. Like, how many times have you played a Resident Evil where you, like, leave one room and you enter the other one, and because you're pressing a certain way on the yeah. digital pad, your character turns around or something? Yeah, yeah, you're you're walking right, the camera flips when you enter that room, and then your yeah. character just turns around because the input is changed. So, yeah, fuck yeah. that. Um, see, the thing with Dino Crisis, it sounds like it would work because it's one of those things... I think of, like, Vampire. You know, people go, vampires are so overdone, but I think of Vampire, and I think of Vampire the Bloodlines Masquerade as the only... Vampire games, I can imagine. You know, Skyrim's got vampires in it. It's just it, it's a trope, but it's like not a common one in games. Where I think dinosaurs is something that could easily work. Like you said, you just slap it in there, and boom, yeah. you got something special. Especially if they were to to remake it in a a free camera kind of way. And I think oddly enough, in a world where Monster Hunter World did insanely well. I'd love to see how people react to that because, like, in- encountering um, in the first Hunter area, you've recently played it, so you would know the name of the, the a- Aberrax a- a- Angerath or, Aber- or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It, um, you know that feeling of encounter, but in a game where you're like hunting them down, pretty much. Like, you're yeah. supposed to are you supposed to kill these things? Or are you trying to avoid them? In Dino Crisis, yeah, yeah, you are, but okay. it's not like Monster Hunter. Well, I mean, it's somewhat like Monster Hunter, obviously, but. Um, yeah, if they did something like that, especially because when you do first, it, like in Monster Hunter, when you face off against it, it's just so, it's so big and so overpowering, and yet it is pretty much a dinosaur. I mean, it's pretty mm-hmm. much Transverse Rex that breathes fire. So, yeah, I'd be all over that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it sounds cool enough. It's actually something I'd want to go back and check out personally. So, uh, another series I'd actually love for Capcom to take a look at I don't think they would, though, because the sales is uh, Lost Planet. I really like the first two. Third one was... Oh, I like the third one. You didn't like Oh, I remember that we've had this talk. We've had this talk. Our differing opinions. (laughs) Bro, I... I, I, The third one was just so weird to me. I remember playing the the first two. I'm like, all right, this is kind of like Monster Hunter, actually. You know, speaking of, lots of big enemies, tons of damage to do, and... Huge guns and shit, pretty expansive areas for its time period. I think it launched in like 2012 or something, or 2011. And then, actually, it might have been 09 the first one. I don't remember, though. But then, yeah, you look at Lost Planet 3, and it's just like a third-person shooter. It's it's like how I feel about Resident Evil 6. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I can see that. I can see that for sure. It's strange. I, I, I don't think, yeah, because I say, well, who knows? I mean, it depends on... It depends on if they think that changing over and remaking it can grab another audience, too. Look at Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter was considered, like, super nerdy, really crunchy, 
mm-hmm. like very somewhat hardcore, maybe not very hardcore, but and they figured out a way to make it pretty accessible. So true, true, true. Yeah, I mean, that, how much did that game sell? Like ten mil, I think. Or my, or Which is that one? was that their Monster goal? Monster Hunter World. Oh, I don't know. Let me check. That is I, a big monster. I think it was either they were projecting 10 mil or they sold. 8.3 8. is what it's at now. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Not bad. That's really good for, and like you said. That was without a PC, without the PC version. Which is coming out this week, and people are going to be discovering that for the first time. So that's probably another easy half a million. Yeah. If not more. Awesome stuff. Well, it looks like Capcom is... Uh, Getting on their feet and having realistic projections, uh, it might be might be time for them to do a little turnaround here. And uh, by the way, if anyone from Capcom's listening, X Command Missions your next remake has to be. And now we flip over our lovely new shot list, if that's what we want to call it. It's really just a list of news, and we move on to Middle Earth. So Middle Earth Shadow of War is getting a definitive edition. The following information comes from Mike. Herodance over at videogamer.com. Warner Brothers and Monolith have announced that Middle Earth Shadow of War Definitive Edition is coming to the PS4, PC, and Xbox One later this month. The re-release of the Orc Slaying Fantasy Epic includes the full game plus all available DLC as well as post-launch updates. These include the Slaughter Tribe, Outlaw Tribe, Blade of Galadriel, I apologize for my pronunciation, uh, Desolation of Mordor expansions, plus a bunch of gameplay refinements. Since Middle-Earth Shadow of War launched, we've continually looked at all the feedback from our fantastic community and our fans, which has inspired us to keep improving the game and ultimately create a version that we are truly proud of, commented Michael D. Plater, Vice President Creative at Monolith Productions. In addition, the Definitive Edition will also throw in a bunch of other neat features, including extra options for photo mode, player stats, plus further enhancements to the acclaimed Nemesis system. So... Are you in? Or are you out, Carrick? You're out. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I mean, and I don't know what the fuck they mean when they say they're finally making the game that they're proud of. Like, yeah, that's I, I saw that. I was like, what the fuck? Then release it for free because you said that it doesn't look like Steam owners are going to get the definitive edition free, right? You know what you said? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is I was looking up articles and they didn't say anything about like, hey, this is this is going to be something for free for our fans. Right. You know, I, I imagine I here's the thing is they're saying their definitive edition is coming with all the DLC. So it's not like a Skyrim special edition where if you have Skyrim, I think legendary edition, it's like a free upgrade or something along those lines. Um, that I don't know if the DLC afterwards was even free. That's actually something else I should check while you keep going here, because if it were free, I, then I imagine then the definitive edition is free. Yeah, I, I'm sure it wasn't because they had a game pass of some kind, oh, season fuck. pass. So. Let's see. Yeah, I, 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 I just don't. I mean, it's sort of. It would be like reselling Star Wars Battlefront 2 after removing the microtransactions and pretending it's a new game. Yeah, f- yeah, pretty much, actually. Um, I, let's see here. So this one's about the Desolation of Mordor, which is obviously included. Uh, it's set between the events of The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Uh, it's not... What the fuck, man? Why is it not... Like, why would you put up an article and not say what well, how much this is costing? Uh, or how much this does cost, rather. Well, how about the, the, the removal of microtransactions while I keep looking, and, and also the, um, the change with a new definitive edition? Why do you think they're choosing now, all of a sudden, to get back on their feet? Do you think they just got, like, guilty conscience over the past couple months, and they're like, oh, let's, let's just fucking... Right the wrongs that should have been righted, what, like in December probably, the latest? Yeah, I mean, it's a soft reboot, which seems weird, but... $20 um, for the Desolation of Mordor. Yeah, there's no chance it'll be free. Uh, Yeah, I mean, looks like July 18th is, I'm seeing one of the announcements for when they started removing the war chests and all that stuff, so July, August, I mean, it's really weird to be like, hey man... July, we're removing the microtransactions. Hey, man, next, you know, in a month or so, we're releasing a whole new revamped version, and you, you need to pay for it. It just mm. really fucked up. I don't, and I don't think it had anything to do with guilty conscience. I think it has to do with a soft reboot and them seeing if they can repackage it 
and if people will do the very typical thing, which is like, well, they're not in there now, so I'm going to buy yeah. it. Yeah. That's my thing, which man. It's fine. I mean, whatever. Well, you know, you got 60 bucks. You got, what did they say here? You got Slaughter Tribe, Outlaw Tribe, Blade of Galadriel, and Desolation of Mordor expansions, which I, the first three sound like they aren't super huge expansions like a Desolation of Mordor, which is apparently like a, a story-driven one with like a new em- yeah. uh, new main character. Um, what I played of the demo that's available on Steam, I enjoyed, um, but like you said, it just seems a little fishy what they're doing, Where I plus I got way too much shit to play anyway, where I, I don't see myself hopping back into this. It's once again too little too late, and I, I think there's more going on underneath uh, the, what we really see here, um, it's just a shame because it it could have been a really good game if there weren't those grindy elements. Like when I was on the the back of a beast and doing like free flow combat on that, you know that was that was a really awesome moment, right? Like that was one of the I'm gonna be honest, that was one of the most fun moments I've had gaming this year. Just riding around on that thing, and then when I get surrounded by a bunch of beasts and and orcs, I'm like going from enemy to enemy as slick as I would on my feet, except I'm on the back of a beast. It's really cool stuff. But what really sticks out to me most about these comments is, is talking about a version they are truly proud of. That says, you know, they, they weren't proud of the original. So why yeah. release it? That's what it seems to me. Hey, Maddie, hang on one second. I'm going to, if anybody's wondering, I have the flu today, which is why I'm quieter than normal. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go get something. I'll be right back. Oh, bro. No uh, problem. Man, just give me one second. Hey, no problem. Poor Carrick. What a trooper, though. Doing the podcast with the flu. Now I have to handle this all on my own. I have to think of things to say because I was about to pass that off to Carrick. Uh, let's talk about the photo mode, yeah, and the stats and stuff. See, these are things that are, like, superficial additions. Like, hey, we added a photo mode. Hey, we added stats. Hey, we added further player enhancements. These are things I look at, and I don't fucking buy a game for this shit. I don't know why people are so fascinated by a photo mode. If you are, good on you. But for me, man, that's not why... That's not something I consider a enhancement. What game? For for Shadow of War. I was talking about how... They're throwing in, quote, neat features, including extra options for photo mode and player stats. And I'm like, dude, this is shit that's in, like, so, so many games. Why is this a selling point for someone? You know, little additions to the photo mode. Didn't they just add a photo mode? Whoa, don't freak. Didn't they just add a photo mode to another big game, too? Um, I know God of War got one a little bit later. Maybe that's what it... Maybe that... Hmm. This is the one that was making, like, Kratos smile and stuff for the picture, and, like, people were making oh. funny memes of him. That could have been it. <laughs> in a week with this and No Man's Sky, it's just, it feels like I'm, I'm back in, like, 2016, 17. It does feel weird, doesn't it? It feels like a time travel device went off. It, it like really a bunch does. Of, bunch of games. And we're revealing We Happy Few this week? Holy fuck, man. It really is, like, 2016. <laughs> it's scary. Yeah. yeah, no, it definitely is. All right, well, that's uh, coming out this month if you're interested whatsoever. Because, yeah, Middle Earth is a solid game, I will say. And and it's got mixed reviews. So if you're going to buy it, definitely do your research. Know your taste. Know your reviewers, more importantly. Um, And now, one of our last bits. Games we are looking forward to in August. There is actually a lot dropping this month. It's starting to heat up as we enter... Like Carrick and I like to call the review season. So, Carrick, out of all the games dropping this month, what are you most looking forward to? Uh, Phantom Doctrine does. I mean that I I have it. I turned it on and like started a couple minutes of it, and that's the one one of the ones I'm reviewing. I'm a XCOM XCOM fan, and mm-hmm. that definitely looks cool, like a Cold War XCOM. Right when you said um, that, I wanted to look it up, so I'm all about that. That sounds cool. And then. Uh, I am interested in We Happy Few, so mm. I've got that as well for review. That'll be this weekend. So, other than that, it's like Monster Hunter, and then Yakuza. I was a little interested in the PC port of Yakuza, but I didn't get to. I didn't have the time to check right. it out. Um, and that was that was like yesterday or the day before. Mm-hmm. But I think they're all. I think all mine are coming out like 
right this week. I'm trying to think. I don't think there's anything. Um, 2018 release list. I don't think there's anything at the end of this month that I'm really super interested in. There's Shenmue. Yeah. I mean, I'm... I don't know what to think of Shenmue. Because <laughs> I like the originals, but I don't right. know if that control scheme has aged quite... I mean, like, I don't know how I'm yeah, going to feel we about playing re- a game. We were with, talking Resident Evil. Going back to this one might be... Whew. Yeah, they, they, they can be pretty tough on your brain playing, like, a game that... Especially a game that you might have really liked and going yeah, back fighting and with it. it and just being like, yeah. For me, I'm definitely like, looking into We Happy Few, Shenmue, of course. I've talked about that so extensively on the show, and Yakuza. Absolutely. Which, mm-hmm. I mean... The thing with, with Yakuza is... Or Kwame 2, I should, I should specify that, because there, there was the PC port for Zero. Like Karen oh, mentioned, right. that came out two days ago. But um, Kiwami 2. Because I played the first Kiwami. I loved that game. That game was so much fun. Like, picking up guys and, and doing uh, the the freaking, like, backbreaker over a, a bike rack. And going to nightclubs, playing Mahjong. It's such a fun game. It's, and it's, it had a good story. But it's a fun game. That Every time I started up, I, I got lost in it. It was just... Uh, I can't wait for more because I think in Kiwami 2 you play as uh, Majima, who is like this kind of, I guess, rival to Kiryu. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's going to be a, a different change of pace there. Um, yeah, man. I, I mean, We Happy Few is also on my list. As I said, I'm, I'm reviewing that, so I don't want to say too much other than from the 2016 version I had played. I really like the aesthetic. I love the idea of joy. I love the art style. Um, and I love how they're adding a story, multiple protagonists. I really have a lot of uh, interest going into this. Not hype, just I'm, I'm keen on what I've heard, what I've seen, and what I actually originally played because I know it's only improved since then. You know, there was the issue with the survival mode. Now that's delayed. So it's really focusing in on what I think are its strengths, which was its universe and its gameplay. So the other one, and I, I think it'll be delayed, but Strange Brigade is another one that I'm really interested in. It's supposed to be August Isn't 28th. Isn't that that like, co-op game? Yeah, it's like by Rebellion, which isn't even the best developer in the world, but I'm a big fan of like B, B games anyway, you know, or double A or single A, whatever you want to call them. So They did They did Sniper Elite, right? Or is that 505? No, 505 was the publisher, I believe. Yeah, so it was yeah. Rebellion who did Sniper Elite. Interesting. I thought, I saw Strange... Is this a different version of it? I thought Strange Brigade had already come out and had, like... Is this the co-op World War II game? Yeah, it's... Um, Strange Brigade's an upcoming cooperative third-person shooter uh, developed and published by Rebellion. It's set to be released on August 28th, 2018. Developed and published. Okay. The game Third has person. four playable characters who can be customized, have different weapons. Players have the large ability, large arsenal. Um, the game features branching levels, which encourage exploration. By solving puzzles, players will discover new relics that can unlock amulet powers. These powerful amulet powers can be activated by absorbing the souls of enemies. What the? Pre- premise is 4,000 years ago, Sarah, Africa, was ruled by the Satiki, a, a brutal and barbaric queen. Dissatisfied with her rule, her people overthrow her and sealed her in a nameless tomb. tomb. In 1930, Edgar Harbin, an archaeologist, discovered her tomb and released the queen's spirit. The Strange Brigade is a group of secret service agents sent by the British colonial government, and they've infiltrated it, and they're trying to eliminate Hmm. I just saw some so of the... that's not um, at all what I was thinking of. I might check that one out. And it is Sniper Elite, the the guys who did Sniper Elite. Not right. Sniper 3, but Sniper Elite. Okay. So, not not the Not two? the shit. Not, not the really bad Sniper games. Oh, not D2? D2? V. V. Are you talking about, are you comparing, are you thinking I was thinking of Ghost Warrior? Yeah, I thought maybe you were thinking the, the Sniper 3 really bad buggy one yeah fuck no. not them <laughs> no i know I, i'm not a hu- i'm not the hugest fan of uh sniper elite but yeah the the, the ghost warrior series i know for a fact it's, those games are so fucking bad like, yeah that game buggy buggy That's but yeah so I, mm. I, 
I'm just randomly interested in that because of, and then Two Point Hospitals, a simulator, like a, a like theme hospital, mm-hmm. and that comes out the 30th. I, I mean, hopefully it'll be good because I do like those kind of games, but it is weird just looking at this release list, which of course is not, you know, complete, no release list is, but it is funny that up until the 14th, a bunch of stuff comes out, and then after that, it's it's not a dead month by any means. It's just a lot of um, niche games titles, that aren't. Yeah, they're yeah, and they're just obviously. I think some people are getting in before Spider Man kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. What about what about Naruto to Baruto Shinobi Striker? You know what that is? Yeah, yeah. It's like a multiplayer Naruto to Boruto game um, that. You can like create your own character and stuff. Ori- originally, it looked cool, but as I watched more gameplay of it, I was just like, "This isn't going to be good." Uh-huh. I just I don't think it looks good. Um, it just looks clunky, and not in like it a jank- not in a janky kind of like you know like a vampire. Like you see heart, you, you know. It, it's like I look at this game, I'm just like this just looks like it'd yeah. be annoying to play. Like we were talking about fighting with controls. That's kind of what it looked like. It does. I'm watching the video right now, and I can definitely see that thought process. It's a hard, <laughs> okay. hard franchise to develop for because, like the game shows, there is wall running. It's like you got to orient the camera to some way to, to adjust to the wall running and make that a feature in the game. Right. But when you do, it's like a, a very obtuse feeling transition. As you're like, okay, you're this way. Now you're this way, and then you jump off. Let's say you like jump on the wall and kind of fade off and then fade back in and the camera fucks around. Um, the fighting doesn't look spectacular because they posted like a, a video of the Toad boss fight and it just looked, looked so boring. You know, and it okay. sucks because when I first looked at the game, I was like, you know, this could be cool. I'm not the the biggest uh, Naruto fan by any means. I, I loved the original series growing up as a kid, but I never watched like Shippuden or boruto that's now like 80 episodes deep it's just such a fucking commitment it's it's not interesting to watch to me um but it's it's for other people out there it's a multiplayer it's change of pace because they're done with the ultimate ninja storm games um i just hope they go back to kind of like a style like broken bond um those kind of fighter rpgs what do you mean they're done what do you mean they're done with them did they just say well because i'm maybe they're done done but i know the Naruto storyline is concluded. And I think oh, okay. that's because Ultimate and now Ultimate Ninja Storm is done because of that. So maybe they'll do like a Boruto Ninja Storm or something like that. I don't know. It really depends how popular it is and how many new characters and stuff they, gotcha. they introduce. But yeah, it's it's one of those things. Um, let's see here. So We Happy Few, I talked about. Shenmue, we talked about. Kiwami, I talked about. Oh, I made a mistake earlier. There was a question about Middle Earth. You want to get back to that real quick? Yeah, sure. All right, at XToft. X also asks on our patron Discord, my apologies, Toft, for missing this. Why do you think it is they are pushing Shadow of War as far as they are? Do you think people will take the bait and buy this definitive edition after all the BS they put gamers through with the pay-to-win microtransactions? So do you think the bait will be taken by gamers? That is the, the main point of this question. No. Yeah, I don't not think so by, Not by a lot. I mean, over... I, I would assume... Um, it's a bad time to release too, because well, I mean, looking at it, it's it is in that August time frame, but it's the twenty eighth, which is pretty late in August, and then September you have a ton of games. I don't, I mean, what 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 would magically cause a PR bump where suddenly everybody's retalking about that game? Nothing. Even if even if you are playing and you ignored the microtransactions, it's not like you're magically going to be playing a different game. So. Yeah. They haven't given it a two or three years as a distance or anything like that. They're like, it's in the same fucking release year. So, no. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. is it, it, There has not been enough time to make the drastic changes that would be needed to, like, simmer down the awful progression system and, and reward the player more consistently yeah. and not make them grind for ten hours to get a shitty final ending. Stuff along those lines, man, that, like, people just don't got time for. That's the thing is, like, I'm a completionist in many ways. I I love to 100% my games. I love to do and see everything I possibly can before I give an opinion on it. And this is one of those games that, like, I know what I'm getting into because once you tell me I got to 
playing my ass off for 10 hours to just get a fucking ending. That's that's horrendous to me. And especially when it was king it was they can remove the microtransactions, but does that fix the fact that progression still takes a while? Now you just remove I'm not saying I encourage it by the way. So hear me out, but they've removed the way out. So now it's like you're trapped with just grinding. They're like, "All right, right. you don't want to pay, then don't pay." It's like, "All right, cool, thanks, but how about you tweak the system a little bit so it's like a four-hour thing. Just give people a ton of XP. What's the harm in that? That's the thing is, when you're going for that final ending, once you beat the game, your interest is about as good as how fun the game is. How much fun yeah. you're having doing what you're doing. That's why I, you know, I don't mean to keep talking about Mega Man, but just as so, I've recently re-fallen into realizing how much I love those games. And it's because you get the, the new weapon every level. And then you use that in a creative way. And then based off how you tackle certain levels, different levels will be affected by that. Like in Mega Man X, you take out, I think, Chill Penguin first, then the fire level is covered in ice. And it makes it a lot more easy to navigate. Stuff like that that rewards the player coming back, whether it's the X body upgrades, new moves, stuff along those lines. Like That type of progression makes you come back a second time to use the new stuff that you're unlocking and, and toy around with it. But when you're just arduously working towards the same goal and you're trapped. It just doesn't surprise me if someone played it for an hour and was like, yeah, drop the controller, something else. Kind of like we talked about with our No Man's Sky thing where uh, we were looking at my save file and it was like the last one was, I think, August 10th, 2016. And I was like, damn, did I walk away just knowing that was it? I was done. I think I had to have because I deleted it off my hard drive. So that had to have been it. But yeah, that's uh, the question. That's pretty much all we've got this week, man. Slow news week to an extent. But I think yeah, that works out be, for It's going to be interesting Flute. next week. Yeah, I don't fucking, dude. Why? It's funny because while we were setting up the podcast, I was like, man, I feel off. Like, mm. it, it, And I felt dude, off this morning. But it's like as we continued, I was all, oh, fuck it. I, if I Ralph right on camera, this is going to be <laughs> well best worth episode. saving. Dude, yeah, it would be. It would be. You should put that as a tagline. Carrick Ralphs at like, yeah. one hour twenty. <laughs> I have no. I have no fucking clue what it is, man. I like. It's all. Hey, man. You, they, you know that's the thing. I I talked my fucking ass off this episode, so don't worry yeah, about it. That's good. That's good. People will be like, "Thank God, no, 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 that fucking Carrick, dude." Um, yeah. but yeah, it is. I think next week, if we don't do a podcast, or if we do, what have you? But but whenever we talk about next week's games, it's going to be swamped because it's just like there's. Yeah, three, four big games. Yeah, it's it, it's just a really weird release. I didn't realize it was this weird until I looked at the release list, and I'm like, it is front-loaded. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is legitimately a front-loaded month, and then it just sort of died. Well, Divinity Original Sin 2 for the PS4 and Xbox. Yeah, it's I like, how much just... do you need to, to do that one? For me, it's just like... True. I'm, I'm very picky with my reviews. I'm sure viewers in my channel know that. So for me, it's like, all right, we happy few. I'll do that. I'm going to try to do Shenmue. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much what's on my schedule, and I'll, I'll definitely return to Divinity. But that's that's really all. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's an odd, that. definitely odd release month for sure. I liked putting the um, patron questions in while we were talking about the uh, topics. Yeah, that worked really well. I, I think that, that was, was a, a good change. Let us know what you guys think of the new. I won't even say format. Just you know, doing a little, I, uh, I guess, housekeeping in the beginning, kind of covering what we're up to, what we're looking to do, connect with the community a little bit do a little self-promo, and then we get into the news and, and try to incorporate your questions. Um, they don't have to be only patrons, just patrons usually get the first lick. So what we're looking for here is something happens in the news cycle. If you're tagging us in the news. If you got a question, you don't have to force a question, but if you got a question about something that's happening, I'll write it down. And it's as simple as that. Like Ross, who asked us about Dino Crisis, I had this page already printed out. He asked a really good question, so I wrote it down. I was just like, all right, I'll add it to the list. So, you know, don't be hesitant to ask questions. Don't be hesitant if you are a person who's been on the show before to ask a second question because maybe your first question I won't use, but your second one I'll be like, you know what, that's a good conversation piece. What we're looking for is besides getting you on the show is getting you involved in the show in unique ways and hearing the the topics you want to bring forth and, and just talking about what, other people are maybe concerned about that Carrick and I may have not have thought of and stuff along those lines. But uh, yeah, that's that's all we've got. 
So, Carrick, thank you so much for joining me this week. I hope you bet those out there who are listening enjoyed episode 165. We apologize for a shorter episode, but it was once again a slow news week. This is the time of the year where the industry is very died down until come September. We're going to have our two hour episodes. We did get your feedback about uh, the hashtag <laughs> too short. We know for a fact you guys want the longer podcast, so don't worry. We are we are going to do them. Um, it's just this week, not really a, a, a extensive list. So. We'd love to hear your thoughts, and we will catch you guys in next week's episode. Peace Peace out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.